Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to ServicePatriots.com. This is Danny and Dusty. Merangatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Merang and Dusty, the fan man Hera. All throws and monkey sounds in there called good. The old like, Danny Merang pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The fan. Good afternoon. Wow. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Danny and Dusty with you. Still no Jeff Rust. We got a text message today. The sickness has gotten to him now. He's dead now. Oh, gosh. 28 days later. Yeah, I really think that Doug Peterson did him in. Mm. It did him in. You said 28 days later. Mm -hmm. Though We haven't had a good outbreak movie in a while. Probably because of COVID. We had the show. What was that show? The HBO one? Come on. We all know the video game show. Oh, uh, Last of Us. Last of Us. That's what it's called. Pedro Pascal. We had The Last of Us. Yes, another season that's that was supposed a show. to be coming out soon. How like can you have another season of it? Are you kidding me? Well, like, there's what multiple are we... games, dude. We didn't figure out the zombie apocalypse. It's not how it ends. It, hell, we didn't even get through the first game yet. Oh, I see. Oh, I didn't know that. Gosh. Oh yeah. How how many games are there? And what was that noise that just came out of your body? Three or four. Mm. What was that noise? <laughs> Was there a noise? <laughs> yes, it was a weird noise. Uh, things happen. I'm old and broken. I heard I heard something in my ear. We're gonna have to go back. We're gonna have to check the tape on that because there was a there was a sound that came out. I don't know which one of you that that came from, but a noise came out of one of you. It was like a creaking sound. Well, you know what they say: whoever creaked it dealt it. Yeah. So um, it was definitely it was not me. I uh, no, I was the first to. You doth protest too much. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Louise. Golly. I think somebody's deflecting right I'm deflecting. <laughs> it's very odd. Mm. We haven't had a good outbreak movie in a while though. No. You know, we need a new we need new we need a new outbreak movie. Those movies were good lord. 
Oh, apparently The Last of Us Season 2 will not come until 2025 now because of the WGA SAG strike. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was because uh, Pascal was too popular. Like, it's mostly him. He's doing a bunch of different stuff. He's a big-time actor oh, I mean, now. he's. I would probably say he's probably the actor right now. And what uh, we're all learning here is that you don't need to have great facial hair to have facial hair and be a popular actor. No, he, you and him have the same mustache. Thank you. 100%. I think Both mine has like gotten a little better. No, look, I have gone from Conquistador to Predator. I feel very strongly hmm. that that is how my mustache, my facial hair has grown to that degree. Um, I will say that this this year's facial hair for you yeah. was the strongest I've ever seen. It, it, is, it really it's, is. It's not even close. It was the strongest my facial hair has ever been. Yeah. It, it really I'm, was. 39 you, was my year. I'm telling you, if you, if you just keep doing it. Nah. It it comes in thicker. Yeah. My first deployment mustache mm-hmm. was oh buddy. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was shameful does not begin to describe it. But I mean you have you have to do it. Yeah. The great Bill Orem of the Oregonian, he is pro me having a mustache. Yes. Bill has a very strong mustache. It, it is. When he saw when he, I was growing my facial uh, hair out, he was like solidarity. He mm-hmm. sent me a text. He sent me a text like three days later and mm-hmm. I was like, What? Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. It takes me like a whole month, and Bill's just like, "Nope, got it." Boom. Uh, those you people that can just grow <laughs> facial hair in a day amaze me. Super, like you guys super are super great. It is incredible. It's just like just boof, to like be a fair, chia pet. I can only grow it that in in what I have. You know, just like a goatee. In, like, like it takes me a long time to get the beard. Oh man! But the goatee slash mustache that mm. comes back quick. Hey, uh, make sure the sound is on. On our YouTube stream, youtube.com slash 1080 AM, the fan. We're getting I the comment section. I think I have section. it on. I know. I think I have it on. Come on. Uh, well, no, here's the thing. I'm not supposed to have to hit a button. Oh. It's just you hit, you turn it on, you click, the, you click the one button, yeah. and everything works. Okay. There's no extra audio, so I think I have it turned on. All right. Well, we'll I, find out. I think that you do need to have that turned on because the people that are watching on youtube.com slash 1080 AM, the fan... There's quite a treat going on right now. Mm. Will Ortner rolled into the studios today wearing a Central Washington University number 74 jersey. Yeah, it's like high school on Fridays. No. Yeah, yeah like when you wear your you, you wear, wear your jersey. jersey. Yeah. You wear your jersey to school yeah. and and you're good there. Mm-hmm. Will Ortner is wearing his college football jersey. One of them. He, uh, okay. He's wearing one of his college football jerseys. Explain yourself. It's authentic. It's game worn. Uh, so I was substitute teaching today, and okay. the school that I was substitute teaching oh, at. We are it, getting reports that it's all good now. So Joey can Joey's good on the audio. Okay. All right. Um, well, so back to my story. Yep. Um, I it was school. It was sports day for their spirit week. Oh, okay. I came in. I was teaching rugby today with my dad. We are combining the two PE classes. So just I was subbing. scrumming, huh? That's right. We were we we're getting in a scrum, and he showed up and he said, "Hey, it's sports day, so I brought one jersey of yours for me to wear, mm-hmm. and here's a jersey for you to wear." And so I was like, "Great!" I put it on. Okay. The kids got a kick out of it. And if you don't get a kick out of it and you try to make fun of me, you're basically a piece of garbage because you are ruining other children's joy. No, no, because you left that job and you came to this one and Jersey's still on. It's duct taped on. I can't get it off. I put duct tape on it so it wasn't a dress and now I can't get it off. 
And honestly, I, I think at it's this point, shirtless would make more sense. Will I? I would go shirtless. I don't think that HR would allow me to. We don't have HR we, anymore, we dude. We literally don't have HR. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. staying with the jersey, dude. I, I stand by this jersey. If anything, you'd you'd get you'd get harassed by, I don't know, all five women that work in the building mm. here. And no. you would be filing the complaint. No, I get it. Yeah. There, I'm, you, I'm, I'm a very hairy individual. I think I'll be fine. You don't know. Maybe, they, maybe they're out there looking for a bear like you, bud. That's actually why Jeff Ross's home is that we, we had to protect yeah, him. Yeah, we had to protect, we had to protect him. Protect it from me yeah. or from no, the women? From, from the women. From, from, he from is women. so hairy. They're just like, give me more. No. Give, me, oh. give, me, give me more. Well, so you're wearing your uh, number yeah. 74 jersey today. Authentic now, game worn. Did you pick that number? Uh, no, it was given to me, but... I mean, at this point, it's basically my number. It's only a matter of time before they put me in the Hall of Fame over there. Mm. Wow. That's an aggressive claim. Mm. I mean, he's just he's just going out stumping for himself in the Hall of Fame. Well, wow. I mean, I'm, I'm out here, you know, spreading propaganda about the greatness that is Central Washington. Yeah. People are texting in, see what, yeah. see woo. Everyone knows that I'm Mr. Central. Wait. And I'm out here helping them get recruits. I'm promoting their brand. Their football program was fantastic. Final eight this year. Next year, we'll go all the way. Yeah. I don't know what more can be said. Okay. Um, You're the guy who, do you wear your jersey when you go back to games at Central Washington? Absolutely not. You, you, nah, Mm. this is very hard to believe at this point right now. After everything you just said. I don't need to. I feel like you wear those. Like he's like, he's like in the tailgate lot. I don't need to. I'm well known. He's like, hey. What's up? The red carpet you gets remember? rolled out for Will Ortner. Or you mean the crimson carpet? Mm. The red carpet. It gets <laughs> rolled out. I know what's going on. They can they can tell the difference between uh, fat or hairy or Will Ortner. No, there's usually like a, oh my god, you're not disgusting anymore. Mm. <laughs> you're not disgusting anymore. That's why you that's, come that, back and be that, like, hey, that's quite the leap to Travis. And I Kelsey. feel like you wear that jersey to be like, hey, this one. You remember what I used to look like mm. in this jersey? Look at me now. Mm. Look that's at right. me now. Hey, sometimes all the all the townies and I gotta I gotta let all the Ellensburg, all uh, all the youngins or the people that stayed there. I gotta let them know. All right, all the people that stayed there. You know, as you were stumping, hey, my brother stayed there. <laughs> as you, <laughs> oh boy, why? He runs the Dutch Bros. Oh, okay. Well, that actually makes sense. And his fiance runs an apartment out there, apartment complex. (laughs) That was like a single apartment. Just one, an individual. (laughs) That's what they're living off of. No, I knew several people uh, in college that dropped out of school to take over Dutch Brothers. Mm, And at the time, we were like, "What do you what like What are you doing?" This was twenty twenty years ago now. Right, we're like, what is like? Why would you drop out of school for that? Yeah, they all own Dutch Brothers now and are doing very well for themselves. Oh, well, they got a good little you, system. Where going you were, on that's there. where they came out of. Yeah, so the, yeah, they they start in Grants Pass, yeah, so it was, it was a like, marketing project. It was like all of the people that were like on the ground floor mm-hmm. of that boy, they're doing very well. I for don't themselves. understand the cult of Dutch Brothers. They're like, I can go by one at two o'clock in the afternoon, and yeah. both sides of that place will be filled. Yeah, bro, you don't know about the Dutch Mafia. I, I do, but it's like, it's it doesn't make any sense. Number one, who's drinking coffee at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? The people that like sugar. I there, Yes, that part. It's not caffeine. It's sugar. That's right. Okay. That's right. The Have you ever seen the under... Do you ever watch the show Undercover Boss? 
I like the show Undercover Boss. I've never watched it all the way through. I've seen like snippets and clips here or there across social yeah. media, but yeah, I, I get the gist. Will Ortner, you need to do me a favor, and you need to grab the Undercover Boss with the Dutch Bros guy in it. The guy who founded Dutch Brothers. Ooh, I'll have to watch that. No, it's a really good one. I am telling you right now, and these clips are, they they got to be on the internet. Whatever you're thinking the CEO of Dutch Brothers sounds like is exactly what the Dutch Brothers mm. CEO sounds like. And when you, like, when you know that he's, like, from Grant's, like, lives in Grant's Pass in, like, a big compound, uh, you'll be like, yeah, okay. All this is all this is all making tracking. sense right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a really good one, and he is like, he's one of the bosses that like you get done watching the show, and you're like, I feel like he actually does care, you know? Because that's the mm. fun game is you watch you watch undercover boss, and you're like, I don't think this person really cares. I don't think that they do. I got the feeling I was like, I I think he actually cares yeah. about the people that are working for him. Is is he like every Dutch Bros worker ever? Like clearly a stoner, wearing a drug rug. What? what? What's a it's drug a sweatshirt? What? It's a what type it? of sweatshirt. Oh, gotcha. It, when okay. when you think of like stoner from Portland, Seattle, you yeah. think of a drug rug. Yeah, and yeah. that's like why the it's pon- a poncho. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I feel like that's yeah. lots of beanies, long hair. Yeah. Long L- hippie lot, hair. A lot of toque action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, you Google drug rug, and it, it nails it. It nail like it's like <laughs> yep, we got this all figured out. And yeah. see, we'll know slang. Yeah. Yeah, when you said that, I knew I kind of had an idea of what you were going for and then I was like, yeah, that's 99% of the sweatshirts worn in Ashland. So, I know exactly what that means. That yeah. guy rides a longboard. Mhm. Has a beanie. Uh will either wear like a backpack that is super tight, will wear that backpack very tight to them or wear a satchel. Yeah. It's yeah. one or the other. There's mm. no in between here. They're very they're, it's a very def- definite. They wear tivas, garbage facial hair. Mm. Easy, take it easy on the facial hair. We just got the Pedro, Pedro Pascal, right? There's, but don't he's not wearing a drug a Fanta rug. somewhere. But don't. he's not wearing a drug rug. Don't. I bet I can find you a picture of Pedro, Pedro Pascal in what? Wow, it's like it is already. Oh yeah, there it is. Oh, all right, I see. You can corrected. you can quite literally Google drug rug. Pedro Pascal and a photo pops right up. I stand corrected. My bad. (laughs) Look at that. It just pops right up. I mean, come on. It's right there. It's right there. I mean, have we seen the guy? Of course he has. Yeah, Yeah. I probably should have. Yeah, you should have known that. That's that's on me. You should have known that. You know what? Hand, uh, Hand up. That's my bad. Hand up. My BG. That's on you. All right. Uh, well, Will Ortner is here. Uh, in case a football game breaks out, he's ready to go. Um, we are both here. We've got a lot of sporting to get to today. Mm. Um, we'll go to in, get into the college football playoff a little bit today. I think that that is important that we need to start uh, taking an eye and a look at that. because it feels like it's so far away. It is. It is. It is, mm. but the holiday's right around the corner. Which means it's not that far away. And there was a question posed by the great Ryan McGee. Mm. You know, Marty Smith and Ryan McGee, mm. Marty McGee. He posed a question that I think that everybody in the Northwest as a collective, you need to start wrapping your head around. Oh, no. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to that because if you do not like the Washington Huskies, 
you're going to have to get real comfortable being uncomfortable mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks. And it's something that you should probably be rooting for. Yeah, that's the weirder part, Ooh. isn't it? Isn't that the weirder part about it? But uh, where we got to start is we had shenanigans last night in Monday Night Football. We had, a, we had a double dip. Two Monday Night games. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Last night. They, and they were both drunk. They, in di- totally different yes. ways. You, you, had, you had your tequila drunk and you had your whiskey drunk. But Tommy Cutlets. Mm. We got wine drunk mm. in the Meadowlands, and it was fantastic to see. And a new American hero has emerged. Danny and Dusty on the fan. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, the fan. Two Monday night football games last night. Neither one of them uh, particularly clean football games. But entertaining nonetheless, as you had... Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, what what would you call it? Uh, I guess being wildly drunk can at times be entertaining. It's the aftermath that's, uh, for, you know, that you have to pay for. Because both those games were wildly drunk. Yeah. I mean, you had two games that had game-winning drives yeah. at the end in... One had a... You got there in ways that didn't make a ton of sense. One had a nearly historic comeback with the Tennessee Titans erasing a 14-point hole with, what, under three minutes to play. 255. And uh, that, I think, is... I mean, that was wildly entertaining to see. One On one hand, you had Miami in an inability to move the ball as effectively as we've come accustomed to seeing because of the fact that you have uh, Tyreek Hill out or limited mm-hmm. when he went down it was we'll, again another hip drop tackle where he got rolled up on and he went out with that ankle and it was like uh-oh what is this going to look like in the dolphins and Tua looked human again do you think that was more a wheels fall off situation when tyreek went down or do you think that's more of a um scrambling to try to find a different version of their game plan no, I, I I think it's wheels falling off. It's he, not the it's not the scramble because if you look at when he came back, he came back in their second possession of the third quarter, right? And from when he left the game until when he came back, they didn't score. They had a field goal mm-hmm. in the second and third quarters combined. That's not Miami that we know of. And then just having his presence on the field, tight. They score seventeen points in the fourth quarter, right? I mean, having his uh, just the Eyes that he attracts, even in a limited sense, it means a lot. Now, I say that all just to kind of set up the value of Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's value is, uh, 
I think we are now in a conversation where we can actually have a conversation of, is this the year that you go, all right, we're not going to give the MVP to a quarterback because every quarterback has looked human over these stretches, whereas we have seen the value of Debo Samuel when he gets hurt in in San Francisco, Tyreek Hill when he gets hurt, Trent Williams, and just how different that you're never going to get an offensive line. I know, but I mean, but I I think you can you can point to quarterback play has been very good this year, but there isn't a single quarterback running away. Herbert's been shut down (laughs) for the season, and they were bad to begin with. Allen has been up and down. Mahomes really has only had two games where you're like, oh, that's Patrick Mahomes. Otherwise, he's been just yeah. very good. And you have, like, I mean, T.J. Watt has been really good, but mm-hmm. he's dinged up now, and he's not even leading the league in sacks, even though he's one of the most dominant players. But you look at guys like Debo and Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. and you can draw a line to when they are on the field and when they are off the field. And how and successful their teams are. What those teams look like. Mm-hmm. And they do not look, even in San Francisco, where you have still got Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk, mm-hmm. they don't look the same without Debo on the field. Nope. Miami has got a wealth of talent around Tua. It's not the same without Tyreek Hill on the field. I will say that if we're gonna, if we can talk about a guy at the quarterback position, and I know that Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott are your odds-on favorites mm-hmm. for the MVP right now, but I mean, you look at Lamar Jackson is putting together a pretty damn good year mm-hmm. himself. He may have the best team in the entire AFC, but again, he's not going to be a guy that throws for four thousand yards. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be – his rushing yards this year are a little bit more limited than what they have been uh, in years past. I want to check to see how what his rushing yards look like compared to years past. Um, he was trailing his pace the last time I checked a couple weeks ago he's by a at, couple hundred yards. He's at 644 through mm-hmm. 13 games, and to put that in perspective, he ran for 767 through 12 games in 2021 and then 764 in 12 games last year. Yeah. And that so is behind the pace. But that's Todd Monken saying, "Hey, that's you want to be back. a quarterback? Yeah. We want we got we got some more weapons for you. We're gonna go ahead and we're gonna let you throw a little bit because if you look at it, he's played 13 games this year. He's already at dang near 3,000 yards, and he only has one 3,000 yard season in his his entire career. And that was a 15 game season where he threw for 3,100 yards. So, I mean, think of that. I mean, in 2019, he rushed for 1,200 yards." Threw for three thousand yards. That was that was his MVP. Coward, year, right? This year, you're looking at it. If in the final few week, four games of the season, we he could be nearing a thousand yards again. I don't think he'll get there. I don't think so either. Because just the way they're using him mm-hmm. and the way they'll pull the reins back, especially going into the playoffs. But you could see him throw for you know a career high. Mm-hmm. And if you also look at it, I mean. He's got six interceptions. He's not turning the ball over at an incredible rate, though, this year. So Lamar Jackson should be in that conversation. For sure. But honestly, we should look at Debo. And Tyreek. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Their value is immeasurable to those offenses and what they they bring from a receiver and just a threat at any given time. Yeah, I think it's more than just because I've seen the argument made by people who – I I don't know how they they kind of they come to this like well Debo or Debo doesn't you know he's he's not your traditional wide receiver neither is Tyreek Hill and it's like yeah that's the point is that you don't just throw them the ball yeah. you don't just split them out or you don't just put them in the slot you put them all over the place you put them in the backfield you put them in motion you run them on screens you 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 run them on shovel passes you run them on reverses you 
hell, you run laterals, do flea flickers. Like, you do everything with them because of how uniquely talented they are and how absolutely dynamic they are in the open field when they get the ball and how much attention you must pay to them. They are very unique weapons. It's so interesting in, in a world where we talk about how much space you need to cover and how big somebody is or how fast somebody is that two guys that aren't enormous receivers or, you know, the uh, the jitterbug blur offense like the the, the Anthony Thomas is the, the, the never last the NFL, but they're, they're kind of gimmicky mm-hmm. because they're just not big enough. There's this now this new area, I think, that it, this weaponized thing of like five foot ten to six foot wide receivers that have this certain set of tools. Now, those two guys do it the best of anybody, but you also have guys who... Jalen Waddell is kind of a version of that. Mm-hmm. Devonta Smith is kind of a version. They're they're tangential to it. They're not the same. Yeah, I don't think they're anywhere close to being the same because those guys are like the Waddles and <clears throat> anybody else except for Debo and Tyreek. And this is the thing, too. Is they that don't have the De- additional Debo stuff. and Tyreek are unique in that... Mm-hmm. They are built way differently. They're solid. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, there's just not too many of those guys that you have in that in that world where you have that world class speed and agility and the ability to make people miss, but also that sturdiness, that balance, that that the the ability to play in those in between spaces and not get murdered. I mean, Debo is every bit of six foot, yep. two fifteen, and Tyreek Hill is five ten, and he's listed at one ninety one. He it looks is, bigger than that. It is the build of those two guys that that makes him so different than a Devontae Smith, than mm-hmm. you know, any receiver that's out there. And it allows them to be multidimensional in the mm-hmm. offense because there is a legitimate threat of them running the ball when they motion them back into the backfield and then the binds that it puts a defense in. I, I will tell you, as good as Brock Purdy is, as good as Tua is this year, and Brock Purdy is getting those MVP, I mean, he's getting a ton of MVP hype, mm-hmm. and you know what? He's putting up monster numbers yep. and in a monster offense, but when you go from an empty formation and you go with Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel out on the outside, and then you have the ability to motion or shift both of those guys back into the backfield and have a legitimate running threat with each of those guys, and then one of them could be going out in running a, a swing to the other side on a play fake, it puts a defensive coordinator in an absolute bind. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing that you can call that is going to be the right play because they can go from empty, spread you out, we got to be ready to be threatened vertically because they are great wide receivers, or guess what? Motion them both back into the backfield, and mm-hmm. you got to be ready for them to pound the ball down your damn throat and using George Kittle as a lead blocker. Like, what do you do with that? What do you do as a defense in – that is what makes them so special. And then on top of that, like Tyreek, and I hope this injury, you know, he rolled his ankle and I know he was able to come back in, in spurts but not be himself. You sit there and you look at him and you go, man, that guy's on pace for 2,000-yard receiving season. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like they're used as decoys, but when they have multiple sets of eyes on them on the field every play, they're still getting there. Still getting done. That is the craziest part mm-hmm. about it. And, like, I don't – I am not a fan of Tyree Kill, the the dude. No. But the player is an MVP Truly caliber. He is an MVP caliber player. And I think that may be the one thing that holds him back is that the league and the voters for the MVP award are going to sit there and look at him and go, no. 
I just don't. I'm. An, I do not like him as a person. Do you think that this kind of started when you saw the was it uh, Cordell Patterson and then uh, what Montgomery went from wide receiver to to running back, where you kind of saw this trend, this kind of hybrid wide receiver running back position start to become a bit more of a thing, and then you get Debo and Tyreek who are so unique that you start going. Well, you get two coaches like McDaniel and Shanahan who go, ooh, something shiny to play with. Yeah, I think it is the evolution of the spread offense being integrated into the NFL mm-hmm. and that trickle up that we've slowly yeah. seen from from high school into smaller divisions of football and then up into the NFL. And that's the way football does work. It is a trickle up because of the fact that you have got to train the athletes and they have to have that skill set aware. We, we're seeing it now with you know defensive backs in – in the way they hit and tackle, right? Mm-hmm. It took them a long time to go from the days of Ronnie Lott where everything is, you know, you're launching upwards and you're taking somebody out the head to the hits that we're seeing now. It took mm-hmm. eight years to cycle through that. It does take time, and that's why trickle-up happens is that you have these – they start learning it in high school and college, and then by the time they get to the NFL, it is, all right, we're going to ingrain our, our, our NFL principles in everything that we do that is between the ears – your mastery level of what football is. And then, oh, by the way, all this stuff that you've you've become accustomed to using, we're going to use that too. And that's where you see guys like Shanahan and McDaniel just expose every single element mm-hmm. of every offense. Like they have you in a single play, you'll see, you know, variations of, you know, the run and shoot, the air raid, the, you know, and then by the way, you have Kyle Usechek that Shanahan will use, and they'll run those principles with the fullback, and they'll still run the ball down your throat. <laughs> I, I, what do you do? I think it's more of the evolution in the coaching. Like everyone talks about the evolution in the players, but I mean, can you imagine, you know, going back, taking what you know now about how football is run, especially offensively, and you go back ten to fifteen years from now? I mean, we're not that far removed from Adrian Peterson getting. 25 to 30 carries a game because that's just what you did yep so I think not only is there a a little bit of an evolution in the players but there's an evolution in the imagination in a lot of these offensive coordinators and in a lot of these head coaches there's a reason right now a lot of these head coaches in college football and in the NFL are in their 30s and young 40s there's a reason why a lot of people are going like wow, the old coaches are gone and they keep going with the young pups. Well, it's because they haven't really been told no or haven't been told, like, hey, that this won't work. Or they've been able to figure out ways for it to work. I mean, to well, it's, have... it's embracing that that evolution of the trickle-up, right? Because right. the old heads were so mm-hmm. unwilling to do it that if you look at it, like guys that have always changed the game and the way that people have thought about it have come from lower levels and, boom, rise up the ranks, right? Bill Walsh. You know, San Jose State mm-hmm. and Stanford, and he he comes up in the West Coast offense in, in the NFL. You look at whether it's guys like Mike Leach, who died a year ago today, RIP Mike mm. Leach. But he started at an NAI school in, you know, Iowa Wesleyan, where him and Hal Mummy invented the air raid offense, mm-hmm. right? You know, they were they were GAs at, at BYU together. 
But it was like nobody's going to say, all right, we're going to start running your stuff. Go ahead. They had to develop it at the NAI level, and it trickled up. You look at Rich Rodriguez and the, the spread offense where he started running it at Valdosta State in Georgia, mm-hmm. D2 program. And then all of a sudden, it starts trickling up and permeating up through the ranks, and now you see it in the NFL. It's taken 30 years for that to happen mm-hmm. for for the spread offense. Like It's crazy, but it takes people to actually buy in, I think, to Will's point. That's where you see these younger coordinators. The, the vernacular, the concepts, They're ingrained with those systems what from the start. they know. Yeah, and then you get a guy like McDaniels who, you know, he's with the Browns and he's doing things differently there on his own yep. where he's able to put his own twist, his own spin. He's allowed to experiment and then he's allowed to work under Shanahan and develop his own unique thoughts and processes and skills and you saw it, and there's multiple players across the board who, yep. before he became a head coach, who all said that guy's gun. He's he's got it. He he understands and how to develop and how to process and how to build and how to tweak. And you're seeing it all kind of come to fruition. And uh, there's also you know the older guys who are always willing to adapt. And the Vancouver Ford text line five zero three eight six four six three two six says actually Andy Reid and the Chiefs offense developed this model. Uh, they're one of them. They're one of, of yeah. many. Well, they're one of one of many that have embraced it. And you sit there and Andy Reid. That's one thing that he has always done is he's always been willing to learn and take advice. Like there's the the famous janitor story where he's, he's even taking advice from janitors. But Tyree killing that value. Oh boy, I think we really do need to start having that conversation. A position player for the MVP hmm. this year. We didn't even talk about the winner of that game, though. No, we haven't got. We really didn't even cover that game. We, probably, how, we should probably cover the games. How about Will Levis, man? Uh. Huh? Let's talk some Will Levis. Mayo in his coffee. Here's Will. With- Danny and Dusty on the fan. Lost in Tyreek Hill getting injured and I, I hate doing this I don't like to do this I want to talk about the guys who performed well as opposed to the teams that are struggling when they lose their star right like I saw what you did there you let that song play oh Hootie yeah I saw what you did there. you're damn right I love that's a great song well the Dolphins make me cry yeah I love Darius Rucker and did you hear that Tua playing the guitar on the Manning cast Oh, Darius! Can, tears, tears in heaven. Yeah, Darius Rucker and Tua are going to do a collabor- collaboration. Little, little jam. Together. Yeah, they're going to do a collab together. Which mm. the Dolphins make him cry. There you go. Go I win a it. go win a Super Bowl, mm. and you could have Tua playing the guitar with Darius Rucker. This could be sound so weird. There's a lot of Samoan dudes that I know that can number one play the living hell out of the guitar. Yeah. But two, my God, can they sing? Yeah, they have voices of angels. Good Lord. They do. It's absolutely incredible. You're like, how does this massive human being have this, like, a voice that ascends to heaven? Yeah. One of my favorite teammates in college is uh, Fia Ulu. He was a guy that we... He transferred in from Utah. Mm -hmm. Oh, no way. He was really good. (laughs) Um, And coincidentally, he was uh, married to Jimmy Superfly Snuka's daughter. Yeah. Okay. Was Little, she super fly? Yeah, she was awesome. Super duper fly. Uh, but Feely, in his like time in between Utah and coming to Southern again, he was a like a performer at Luau's and stuff. He did like fire dancing, and so he came in and he didn't have to do the rookie show because I don't know he's like twenty six. No, he wasn't that old. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we all called him dad. Uh, 
but he came and he did like the he did like the fire dancing with mm-hmm. and I was like, what the hell is it like this is crazy. And then he started singing and he could sing like an angel. It's like, God, you're so talented. So many Polynesian dudes can they can hit the high notes. It's incredible. It's incredible. I, I derail this again. Yeah. But Levis. Yeah, he can't fire dance. Uh, he can't even prepare coffee properly. No, he can't. But at the same time, man can throw a foosball. Eh, boy, he had a he had a damn drive mm. and super jacked quarterback. Actually, good. He also he put his team in a couple of binds, like the ill advised throw that ended up in an interception for a touchdown that mm-hmm. kind of got batted up in the air and then whoop, right in the arms of a defender. And then fumbling the ball on his own 12-yard line. Like, those are the negatives that you sit there and you go, all right, you'll take it from a rookie if you can see the flashes like what we saw at the end of that game. And I find myself watching Will Levis and I'm going, okay, whatever it is, he may have it. You know, that it factor that is hard to quantify. It's just You just know it when you see it. And there's a lot of quarterbacks that you can sit there and you say, you have to squint, or hey, you can develop it. The Pickets and the Trubiskys and the, of the world that we've seen over the last couple of years, and hell, Desmond Ritter, like you see, like a little flash, just like ah, yeah. But with Levis, you look at it. C.J. Stroud, when you look at it, you go, "Yep, that's it. Yeah, that there's it's there." And you can see, but there's other guys that you could see the growth. You you see, you're looking for the signs of growth mm-hmm. over over their rookie year or first couple years in the league. Jordan Love is a great example of mm-hmm. that, right? Like, Jordan Love was awful in the first half last night. But he didn't suck the whole game. No, and you still see a guy that you're like, all right, if you can get rid of the – and the ball just kind of – he threw an interception that was – a it was a risky throw to begin with, but then it looked like the ball just kind of slipped out of his hands, and that was a bad pick. Bad pick. Like, it was a bad decision, even if you have a, a, a perfect – dot that you put on the mm-hmm. receiver but and I, it was almost like did he want to not throw that ball is that why it slipped out because the safety was like mine <laughs> but with will levis you see a guy that command is everything when you walk mm-hmm. into a huddle as a rookie mm-hmm. right you have have that command they trust in him he's got that little bit of dog in him yeah. that you're like okay i i see it in efficiency at the end control of the game in the mm-hmm. moment not being too big when you are down two scores at the end of the game. Now, a lot of things had to break their way. Sure. But when they did, he was there. You're, you're damn right. And that is, those are the signs where you're like, control what you can control, and when it when it comes your turn, do something with it. Is he going to be a guy that they can surround with enough talent mm-hmm. is, is always going to be the question, right? Because he's doing this. I mean, look, D-Hop is long in the tooth. Yeah. And, but he he's... But he's relying on him. Mm-hmm. He is still able to break coverage occasionally. But Levis does have the arm, and the, my God, does the man have an arm, to throw him open and put the ball in spots. And when you see a guy like Will Levis, I think that you get a guy, and when when pressure comes and the pocket is starting to collapse around you, the panic that you see in quarterbacks – his he, eyes are always downfield. He stays still. in there, man. And maybe, maybe too much. He's a tough son of a bee. Mm-hmm. He's a tough son of a gun, man. And he takes some shots that you're going to want to be like, "Hey, pull the reins back. You're not going to be 24 your <laughs> whole career. You're, you're not. Uh, you're not Ben Roethlisberger. You can't shake all those off." But I like. I'm. I'm picking up what Will Levis is putting down, and I just. I love Mike Vrabel too. He's like, honestly who he reminds me of. He reminds me of Ben. 
Yeah, except for not like Michelin, Michelin Manny. Yeah, no, but, yeah, I'm, he's but not I mean, like, fat. But he's cut. He's cut. No, ben he's Roethlisberger. Cut in the, in two cut. Part of Ben Roethlisberger. Have you seen like the the AI creation or this the the scientists have created the human being that could survive a car crash? Have you seen that? Oh yeah, you seen that guy? That is Ben Roethlisberger. Is that? But it's like. This is the quarterback science is made to withstand any all, hit. All, any at all hits. Yes. <laughs> You're not wrong. He just kind of gets hurt a little bit. But yeah, a little, bang, little, little banged up here or there. Yeah. But, but Levis stands in there. like, And it's not statuesque in the sense of like he can't move because yeah. the kid's athletic. He's yeah. His combine tape was pretty damn impressive. <laughs> but he he just stands in there and bounces off guys, keeps his eyes downfield. Like you said, you can just see something different with him. He doesn't look, the moment doesn't look too big. He doesn't look rushed. He doesn't look panicked. And it's it's a very rare thing for a rookie to look that composed. Yeah. It, even if he makes mistakes, like the throw that he made that ended up going into a pick six, those are decisions that are rectifiable because that's a that's a process thing. Yeah. That, that's not a feel thing. I'll tell you what, teams feed off of that young guy too, as silly as it sounds, that you saw him at the end of the game, and it was like the game's not over. Mm-hmm. We're down by fourteen with two fifty three. I think is when the, the they snapped the ball. The letdown they, wasn't there. It there was no there was no bit of him that was like no, we're we're not going. to. So you make those mistakes. You have that interception early. You have that fumble late. But when you have that guy that has that command and control of even the vets. It goes it goes a long way, and it's a it's a silly thing, but it, it's true. And I think Brock Purdy has that, and I think that the the Forty ers also feed off of that as well. Like Brock Purdy, don't he is not the leader of that team, but he controls a lot of that that mm, energy the that they have, yeah. right? Where it's never too high, it's never too mm-hmm. low. He can kind of hold that energy, and that's what that's what you want out of a quarterback, especially in they an hold, offense like they that. They hold the reins. They know when to when to crack it, when to pull it back. Yeah, this is a good text too. Uh, Levis reminds me of Justin Herbert a little bit. That come on the Vancouver Ford text line five zero three eight six four six three two six. Your dollar goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them online at vancouverford.com. Bought two cars or three cars from there. Mm. Love it. Love him. Um, but I, I see that a little bit, too. I see a little bit of that Justin Herbert in it where he's he's got that powerful arm. He's got that po- poise in the pocket. I will say, though, that Will Levis, that control of a huddle and control of veterans – I think he's I think he's got that a little a little bit more even mm-hmm. than than Justin Herbert does. But a good win for the Tennessee Titans. Um that Miami may have melted down, but you could see Tennessee was still playing like they've got a playoff spot on the line and I'll be damned if the Tennessee Titans do have a lot to play for in these final 5 weeks of the season because they have currently the second worst record in the AFC. Two games out. <laughs> in, in Unbelievable. And, Four and, weeks to play. We'll talk about this this Giants game here in a little bit, too. And you have the Giants now. <sighs> and they, oh, they won on the road, too. First the, road the first win road in, like, in the, for the Titans this season. A bajillion years. Yeah. The, like. uh, the Giants, though, winning a game, sure, it's fun. The Tommy DeVito story is fun and everything. But the Giants are playing themselves out of a quarterback in the, in the draft, and it's absolutely hilarious. First win over a year for uh, Tennessee on the on road. On the road? Yeah, November 17th of last year. Good Lord. Yeah.
Yeah. And they're not a bad team. Yeah. Uh, you speak of Tommy DeVito. We have another new hero next on The Fan. All right, we have a new American hero. Actually, I should rephrase that. We have a new Italian-American hero. Yes, and uh, of course you're talking about Tommy DeVito's agent, right? Yeah, uh, Sean Stellato is his name. Mm. Holy cutlets. That guy is straight out of central casting. 100%. I'm not kidding when I say that I dedicated about an hour of my day. (laughs) Well, about a half hour last night, a half hour today, of just Sean Stellato uh, research. The man is a damn icon right now. If you don't know who we're talking about, if you were watching Monday Night Football or you saw maybe on social media, the cutaways to the, the stands, and there was a guy who looked like he was straight out of the mafia, hugging and kissing. Uh, Giants fans, that would be Tommy DeVito's family and the man who looked like a mob boss in a black pinstripe suit wearing a turtleneck with a gold chain, a gold bracelet, and a fedora. That would be Sean Stellato, who Tommy DeVito dubbed the Italian stallion of sports agents. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I found this out. He has a local connection. No way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He um he is entering the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame this week, which apparently is in Chicago. I didn't know that existed, but uh, he is entering the Hall of Fame for Italian Americans sports, and because he's been a longtime agent, like it isn't just Tommy DeVito's his first agent. His list, I don't know if it qualifies as Hall of Fame worthy. Mm. His client list is Alfred Morris. Okay, that's a name. That's a good name. Recognize, yeah. Former got, got a real deal. Yep. Former Lions running back Sean Drone. Okay. Um, Eagles defensive end Brian Bramman. Don't know who that is. Mm-hmm. Former Seahawk corner Ty Smith. Uh, former Niner and Panther defensive end Ryan Delaire. But he also represented the pride of West Salem High School. Mm. Former Patriots punter Ryan Allen. There you go. He was his agent. So that's his client list, and that gets you into the Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. I like it. Well, um, there's I think not a lot of great Italian American athletes. You sure about that? Yeah, if he's getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, is Ryan is Brian Scalabrini in the Italian American Hall of Fame? And what are we, we counting here? In. Like, because are we counting like quarter, half, full? Because that is where it's going to change. Because you gave me a look right there, mm. and when you gave me that look, Danny, it really does matter if it's quarter, half, or full. Um, how about Joe DiMaggio? I would say that would be a good one. Mike Piazza. Yeah, Mike well, Piazza. Uh, Mike Pizza is pretty good, uh, but Joe uh, DiMaggio. Most of them, I feel, are going to be baseball players. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a yeah you take that back there, this young Sparky. Oh. I will not. You take that back. Much like his love for Marilyn Monroe, I won't take it back. You, what you need to do now? Did you did you brush up on your John Stockton last night? Much like your white scrappy point guards and how cheap and dirty they are as as players, you need to start put some respect on Joe DiMaggio's name. I refuse. He played in like what the fifties. Okay, what about the guy named Joe Montana? He's he's Italian. Mm-hmm. Joe Montana, Joe Mon- Montana. See Montana. in here, it, yeah. See, Joe Montana. Is... I want a twenty-three in me. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna see. We're gonna, we're gonna twenty-three in me. These people. I didn't know Montana was Italian. I, I would have never. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I didn't know. I'm, I'm uh, Gino Ariema at 
UConn. He should be in there. Yeah, no, that's fair. He is definitely Italian. Yeah. Is Big Dom in there? Big Dom should be in there. He the, has to the be. security Yogi guard. Berra. Again, baseball. Yeah, that that baseball's little baseball's little. Um yeah. uh Mary Lou Retton. She's Italian? Yeah, I remember her having an Italian flag on something once. What? I thought she was American. Uh, she she is. was in the Olympics. She's Italian America's American. Dar- she's America's darling. Yeah. Mary Lou Retton. Uh, a lot of coaches. Calipari. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So then again, I stand Calipari, by Calipari, Patino. Not yeah. a lot of great athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Colangelo's. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. And that's naming Italians. There you go. But I could do that for a while. I'm all in on everything that is Tommy DeVito and what's going on with the New York Giants, though. Uh, because are the Giants good? Absolutely not. Is Tommy DeVito like a career starter? No, he's not. He's not. But he is making a name for himself. And in New York, right in the backyard in the shadows of where he grew up, I think that's an awesome story. And for a stopgap, hell yeah. Give keep, me more Tommy DeVito. Keep winning games and playing yourselves out of your next quarterback, do you Giants. S- do you see what his family did yesterday before the game? No. His dad put together a tailgate that fans mm. could go to where they gave – he said – it's going to be craziness. We're going to give them Italian theater they've been asking for. 300 chicken cutlets, Italian sandwiches, baked ziti, sausage and peppers, rice bowls, everything Italian. I'm, I'm going to, oh, I love baked ziti too. I'm going to have my guys setting up the sandwiches with Italian headbands on. We got Italian flags with Tommy's picture on it. They've been begging for it. We're going to give it to them. I love it. And they gave it to them. Fully last leaning night. in. And engineering the game winning drive. Mm hmm. Having a run to set up the go-ahead touchdown where if it wasn't for Wandale, um, was it uh, Robinson? Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for him getting in the way, he would have scored on that. Like, everything was just, like, <laughs> setting up to be, like, the, the, the Italian theater. zone is coming. You know what this you. is? This is Lynn's sanity, but for the Giants. Absolutely. And they, they want it so mm-hmm. desperately. And I, I this totally went right past me. Tommy DeVito is the name of Joe Pesci's character in Goodfellas. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's the name of Joe Pesci's character is Tommy DeVito. A great Italian. A great New York Italian right there. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Tommy DeVito. All right. 503-864-6326. That's a Vancouver Ford text line. Um, Let's change gears really quick because I think we may have seen someone turn the corner next on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.